0: And welcome back to the Dentistry Podcast. I am um, Gabby Bissett and I am talking today with Neil Patel, a specialist orthodontist based in Hearts, Essex and London. Um, so hey, how are you?
1: I'm very good, thanks. The sun's shining today. Um, quite warm outside tonight, so yeah, doing very well. Yourself?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I think the weather's been a bit all over the place lately with the the snow and then the sun, and I think it's meant to stay like that for the next few days. So um, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what to make of it all. To be honest with you, uh, it's a bit
1: Yeah. typical England. Oh, really. I'm sure it won't matter for people sat in the beer gardens sure, uh, and <laughs> there's beer not... like some, um, <laughs> sun, rain, or, or yeah, or sunshine, yeah. <laughs> or exactly.
0: Snow, exactly. That's what's important is that people are getting back out there. I think. Um, okay, yeah. But yeah, no, we're, we're going to talk about orthodontics today. Um, and obviously, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit before the podcast uh, started. This the, the last 12 months has been sort of quite a good time um, for the dontics. Um and, and I know a lot of people have now seen a massive spike in patient interest and people coming through the doors. Um, could you say, sort of, you've been experiencing the same?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, and as we sort of spoke about prior to this, as mm. you mentioned, Gabby, it's been um, what I'd probably call the, the, the perfect storm for aligner work or orthodontic work to really boom in this country. Um, it, adult orthodontics in particular has been on the rise over the last five, ten years and that's for down to a couple of reasons. Um, more discreet options and as we are talking about today aligner work or Invisalign um, but certainly a want and a need for, for a more aesthetic smile whether that's Normally comes across from America and the trends that the Americans set with uh, facial aesthetics and uh, and and that kind of treatment. Um, but also, it's you know social media and Facebook and um, selfies and pictures becoming a very much daily aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, people just want to have you know perfect teeth, and, and, and we've seen a, a massive increase during the pandemic. You know we would never have predicted orthodontics would have they've grown exponentially during this time but sure. i think the digital way of working virtual consultations um, being able to monitor patients without them being in the practice or in the surgery has certainly helped um you know sort of throw in people being looked after by the government and um, having some disposable income not spending any money during lockdown people wanted to have a non-invasive treatment to make themselves feel better and uh, i think orthodontics has slotted in quite nicely into that into that category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think your, your point there about virtual consultations is very important. Um, was this something you were using prior to the pandemic?
1: So interestingly, last year, I did a virtual consultation for a patient in South Africa. Okay. Um, and that was, they were, they're out there working, and they had some issues. So it was really just thinking on my feet, you know, how much can I see? And it, it actually worked quite well. But it, the, the penny didn't really drop then it was more of an emergency um, way of communicating and and taking care of the patients so virtually we were we were looking at photos prior to the pandemic and um, doing lots of work for the NHS we were trying to triage cases via photos that was difficult um, because sometimes patients haven't got the right materials camera or 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 access to taking the right photos so that didn't really take off but I think with the pandemic it just really forced us to create a work that that was a lot more robust um, and a lot more accurate for both patients and and clinicians and dental teams
0: so do you found have you found it sort of sped up um, sort of the process or has it made it more efficient have you been using your time more efficiently because of virtual consultations
1: completely you know it's it's, and again you know it's been remarkable how it's changed my, my my workflow now a lot of people during the pandemic will be working from home um, especially people that work in the, in the city but to think that as an orthodontist you know, and as a dentist where you're you know normally all clinical to think that you can actually do 25% 30 for some patients 50% of your work from home possibly yeah. um, is, is remarkable especially when it comes to a line of work yes with a fixed brace that has to be adjusted um, in the surgery but certainly with a line of work um, and I found I'm doing a lot of consultations at home, um, yeah. which is freeing up my actual cl- clinical time to actually treat patients. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's worked out, you know, amazingly, well, how we can have, a, as a dentist, have actually a bit of balance from work and home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you said earlier, it's not really something that you would assume would fit in with dentistry, you know, virtual consultations, it seems very hands on. Um, and I guess it kind of links in with this um this trend that you spoke about as well in, in aesthetics and and you say sort of comes over from america and there's this real emphasis on on the perfect smile and, and people being very conscious of their smiles these days um and obviously with that alongside the more traditional uh face-to-face in-person appointments that you provide um there are these other um sort of ventures that are, are cropping up like direct-to-consumer orthodontics um and certain um so sort of basically remote aligner companies um, doing it all and, and basically telling patients they don't have to see anybody um, in person in order to have this ideal smile um so obviously this this comes with a lot of, of issues and obviously as, a, as an orthodontist yourself you must have these kinds of queries come in from patients at, at, i mean first of all what is what is your opinion of these kinds of um this, this way of treating patients um
1: I suppose I've got to be careful what I say here. Um, <laughs> but it's, well, I think we're treading quite dangerous water yeah. when we're, we're, we're becoming a population in society where we deem it completely acceptable mm. um, or we consider it normal to have these kind of treatments almost done DIY. Mm. Um, and, and to give you a couple of examples, prior to, you know, sort of, um, a line of work or a aligners being sent to the patients and, and sort of missing out dentists we, we the rise of teeth whitening and that was done you know sort of um, and it still happens quite often where patients won't seek a dental professional they'll, they'll do it somewhere else um, after that we, we came into facial aesthetics Botox lip fillers that kind of stuff again was being practiced by um, individuals who haven't Ha- haven't had the necessary training. Mm. Um, be aware of what can go wrong. And and with Smart Direct Club, I'll use them as an example, uh, yeah. and other um, aligner companies which provide aligners straight to the consumer. It's not, you know, it's not so much, you know, what they can treat. We know that they treated three million patients, and the majority of them will get some good results. Um, but it's 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 what happens when things go wrong. And I think the reason why we encourage patients to see a dental care professional, i.e. a dentist or an orthodontist, is to safeguard them from any catastrophic consequences of things going wrong. And and what they aren't aware of is that, yes, they might come in for a 15 minute virtual consultation, or sorry, they might have a Zoom consultation or come into the surgery for 20 minutes. And it all seems very seamless and effortless what we do. Yeah. But behind the scenes, when I've taken a scan, taken the photos and the x-rays and looked at the gums, there's a lot of planning going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. to be very sympathetic to the human body and to the bone levels in your mouth and, and the, and the gums, and all of that happens behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. they don't see a big difference sometimes, patients, between what happens in a dental practice to when they might go to have a scan done in London at one of these scan shops or yeah. they have stuff sent to them. But certainly, the training that dentists and orthodontists have had, um, and the evidence-based um, literature that we use to plan someone's case, mm. is something that will never be able to uh, be brought to the forefront of online sort of aligner of companies.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's it's quite an interesting discussion. I think, and like you said, there. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are entirely, but some of these people might, you know, come out of these these treatments and, and be happy with what what they've got out of it. But then obviously there is that side um, where they will get entirely not what they want and it will actually be detrimental to their health rather than then help it. Um, and then obviously they then go and have to see somebody like yourself who who has to sort of pick up the pieces really and, and try to make it work.
1: Well, I can't I can't quote the study. Yeah. I did read the study uh, last week and, and we're looking at about seven or eight percent of patients that have a online, yeah. will need to go and see a dental care professional to rectify the damage that's been done. And if you think that's close to 10%, you know, I, I wouldn't personally take the risk. Um, and certainly, I saw, I saw a patient, you know, this ties in quite nicely with your podcast, because I saw a patient on Friday that had just come from a liner company. Her friend had had liners, got a fairly decent result, felt it was fine for them but she had a very complex case. And what she was upset with was the fact that she hadn't been triaged or um, nobody had told her her case was complex. Right. And when I saw her, they were like, if they told me it was complex, I wouldn't have seen them. And we've been through six months of this. It's been yeah. ruined my bite. It's been, it's been a horrible experience. And it's, it's sometimes some of the work that's done is, is irreversible. And that's, that's the difficulty with having these discussions with patients that come and see me.
0: I was going to ask, so I mean, is this a common occurrence to start with? do you do you often get patients coming to you who have perhaps tried out these these direct to consumer alignment companies and 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 sort of being unhappy with what they've got out of it, or is this is this is it increasing? is 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 what I'm asking sort of as years have gone on, are you see you starting to see this, this yeah. more often?
1: Certainly, I, 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 i'm I'm now noticing a, 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 a certainly an increased trend inpatients being referred to me mm. i think they have a lot of um marketing on tv i mean every time i, I switch on a tv there is marketing from a from a, 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 an online company uh, and again as well as orthodontists being busy during the pandemic i'm sure they would have been busy as well so there will be a, a portion of patients that will just bypass the orthodontist and go straight to online companies and that it may be for for financial reasons it may be for convenience sake um i suppose those two would be the main two aspects but certainly more patients come to see me um and it, it's managing it's managing what's been done um and it's it's not it's not trying to make them feel like they've made the right, wrong choice which they may have done they, they yeah. probably do for them to come and see me they there there is an element of them feeling a little bit embarrassed yeah and a little bit upset about the decision they've made um and certainly my role in this is to help them and is to say look you know that chapter is closed let's move forward let's see what we can do to help you um a lot of the companies will re- fully refund the patient as well so patients have come to me and said look i've, I've been fully refunded so mm. they haven't financially wow. although their oral health may have suffered to a certain degree i suppose they, they will then have the funds to come and see us to then have it rectified which is i suppose is it's better than having nothing done here
0: yeah absolutely What's, when 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 these patients are coming in what is their prime reason they give for going to these kinds of companies rather than seeing an, a, a, an orthodontist like yourself in person is it is it do you find it's primarily financial reasons that are motivating them
1: yeah it's it's a tough one I, th- I think finances have um, certainly a role to play in it convenience as well yeah. um but what I've certainly noticed is a lot of these companies will pay and and bring on board um influencers okay and and certainly last year when or year before when, when they were starting there were lots of famous influencers and um a b-list c-list celebrities whatever you want to call them um promoting their owners um you know in the, in the, in the modern era the day we live in when it comes to reality tv programs like love island and Celebrity, get me out of here, and and all of those programs with social media and those those personalities being very prominent on social media, we know how easy it is if, they're, if if they're promoting a product, it will it will draw a lot of attention to it. So that seems to be another reason why they would go um, down that route if they've mm-hmm. seen somebody you know who's got you know a one yeah. apex white teeth. Yeah. Um, you know they may not have been treated so much by these aligners, but they're promoting it. So, so that seemed to be a, a yeah
0: definitely I noticed over lockdown these kinds of DIY methods um, really sort of boomed across social media I think TikTok in particular was was um, a, a sort of prime culprit when it came to uh, teeth whining sort of you know people putting it directly on their <laughs> on their teeth and saying you know why go to a dentist why go to to a, an actual practice when you can do it yourself at home for a fraction of the price. And, you know, people are very impressionable. And if you see this on social media and you see that people yeah. are getting results, then they're, they're going to go for it. And, um, yeah, you're, I, I'm very, very surprised that there's not more regulation, to be honest, when it comes to things like this.
1: Yeah, and and, and you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's the regulation, which is very difficult to understand because uh, what's the point in dentists being registered with a regulatory body if anyone can provide... Dentistry with no consequence. Um, and that's where we sometimes look towards our regulatory body, um, the GDC, for maybe some more guidance and some more help. Um, personally, I don't think I don't feel we were receiving that. Mm. Um, but that's probably for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly um, the, the British Orthodontic Society, the BOS, the BDA, the British Dental Association. They they have been working very hard, and I know certainly the BOS. Some close friend, friends of mine work, who work within the BOS, they're trying very hard to try and educate patients, and it's I suppose it's all about education. You know, if they if they're given the right information, yeah, and then they can make an informed decision. If they still choose to go down, you know, a different route, then um, that's the case. But I don't feel like the patients have all the facts before they make a decision, and all they need to do is come to us first, and we can provide them with that information.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's about yeah, providing them with the with the correct information so they can make an informed decision. Because like you said, at the end of the day, patients are going to do what they want to do. But if you can make sure you're doing your part and you're communicating what you know, um, you can then at least sort of know you're doing your job as best you can um, and to the extent that you can, if you see what I mean. Um yeah, I mean, do you find this is a do you find this is a challenge though, communicating this with patients? So there's some that are quite do, do, do they tend to take the the information on board? Um,
1: they do. They do. Um, I feel like I haven't had that many run-ins with patients. Um, the practices I'm based at have have been around for 15, 15 years, so we have a we have a big reputation, and uh, most of our patients are actually referred to us from dentists. So they've almost been triaged along the way. They've they've maybe thought about liners. No, they? they've gone to their dentist. The dentist may be able to provide um, some Invisalign or some, or some um, simple orthodontics. And then the comp- stuff then comes to me. Okay. So by the time they see me, they've made a very informed decision based on seeing their dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly the, the, the patients that have come to see me, a couple of conversations I've had, they, they soon realize, actually, if I'm gonna have this done, let's do it properly. Uh, and, and that's not me trying to be a, 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 a salesman, you no, know. It? Like you said, it's just it's just being open and honest about um, why they're coming to see us, yeah. um, and the fact that you know we provide a service which is evidence based, yeah. um, that's safe and effective, um, as opposed to maybe going down a, a slightly blind alley when it comes to you know sort of uh, aligners or direct to consumer aligner companies. Yeah.
0: yeah no. Completely. Um, you say you have your patients referred to you mostly. Um, so, I mean, what do you think dental teams as a whole can do to sort of make sure that patients are receiving the correct information along the way? Because it sounds like you're kind of already sort of downscale, if that makes sense. So, they're seeing other dental care professionals before they're seeing you. And obviously, that's where uh, this kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for this kind of interest. In in these at-home aligner companies, will will begin at the beginning, and obviously they need to be nipped in the bud before they take it any further. So, I mean, what what would you, in an ideal world, what would you like to see dental teams doing to make sure that people are getting the right information?
1: There's certainly a lot of communication, and communication, as we all know, is key in conveying what is the right message to to our patients. Um, A lot of a lot of dental companies now are on Instagram. And we know that a lot of marketing comes from social media. Uh, prior to that, as dentists, as dental practices, we're using maybe a website, maybe a fa- maybe Facebook to um, communicate with patients via social media, but certainly with TikTok, certainly with um, Instagram, what we're seeing is a lot more dentists being vocal on these platforms. That's, so that's where a line of companies were very big in catching their market, that young market of patients aged between maybe 16 and, and 30. Um, where everyone's on social media. Um, and I think the last five years, dental practices have really, and dentists, whether you're an individual, marketing your services, whether you're a practice, or whether you're, you are, you know, a, a, like the British Orthodontic Society or NHS England, um, I think the key really is tapping into that market and making sure that we're just as vocal on these social media platforms as these other companies are. Um, and then that way, you know, patients will get a lot more um, a balance when it comes to information
0: yeah no i think that's a really good point actually Um, i don't know if the phrase if you can't beat them join them is completely applicable (laughs) but it 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 kind of is in a way in that you're you know whether for the the good or or for the worst social media is is here now and it's here to stay and Mm -hmm. i think um you've made a very good point there in that uh, this information is going to be out there and it's going to be consumed by potential patients um, and, and, if you guys can also get on these platforms and, and, communicate the correct messages, then, you know, even if only one person in 10 takes that on board, you're, you're doing your bit. If you see what I mean, you know, you can make a massive difference. Um, and I, there, there are also alongside these kind of DIY videos I have also seen, like you said, dental professionals being quite vocal, um, and, exactly. and trying to sort of, yeah, get communicate the right, the right information, um, to potential patients. Are, are you,
1: do yeah. you use social media? I do, yeah, I mean, I, I've, <coughs> I've, I've got my own Instagram account. Um, we have a, this one as well. Um, I, I mean, social media is is so fast moving. People are posting 15, 20 pictures every day. And I think when I initially um, was on Instagram, I, I thought to myself, okay, I've got to be posting every day. And that can be quite stressful when you've got a busy clinic, you're seeing patients, you've been work afterwards. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I sort of made myself or made peace with myself that actually Post when you want them. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to be posting every treadmill of twenty posts every ten minutes. And well, I was looking into more detail, and, and there was you know you should be posting at four four forty five p.m. just as people are finishing work, getting onto the trains. Yeah. you should be posting. And I thought to myself, well, if I've got all day, and you know I've got a marketing team that can do that for me, fantastic. Um, I really haven't. So I post when you know more instinctively. I try to get one or two posts out there a week if I can. Yeah. Um, my practice, we've got a social media team that run our posts. So we send the content and they're posting more often. Um, it's, it's, really, it's a great, it's a great uh, way to, to, to build your, your team morale. We, at the practice, we give our support staff, so the nurses and the receptionists, an hour or so a week to have fun with social media. Um, a little bit difficult during COVID, but we said, look, take some fun videos, keep it professional, take some good pictures of the working. Um, and it, it just it changed the dynamic a little bit. And some of the younger staff have really embraced that and they have really um, found it as a new aspect of of, of of the workflow that we have. And I think with, like you said, with social media and um, and, and dentistry being such a big aspect in social media, teeth are such a, a great thing to show when you have nice, straight teeth and white teeth. It's a, it's a very powerful... Um, it can be very powerful content on social media. Yeah. Um, Dentistry come into um, this part of the, of social media at a very good time. Mm. Uh, we just need to make sure that as dentists, we um, harness what we provide, what information we provide yeah. um, accurately and safely to our patients. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's it's, it's yeah. The last twelve months has given. Um, dentistry people in dentistry a lot of time to work on their sort of social media and 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 um, find their feet I've seen definitely seen a, a surge in people opening Instagram accounts and showcasing their work and I think you know in a time where we haven't been able to well where you guys had your you know your doors were closed for two and a half months it's a good way to network and talk to people and I think a lot of people have formed relationships with with others they wouldn't have otherwise um, and that's that's also really nice so there is yeah, it's, I think it has allowed the, the pandemic has allowed um, some, some good things, um, to take place that, that wouldn't have, um, if it, if it hadn't have occurred. Um, yeah. but yeah, moving, moving away from, from dentistry, um, just to, to round up the, the podcast. Um, so if you, <laughs> it kind of links in with, I guess, your, your interests outside of dentistry, but if you couldn't work, um, as an orthodontist, what would you work in?
1: So, I mean, I suppose my, my two passions are sport and music. Okay. Um, would I be a rock star? I suppose most people would be a rock star, but <laughs> um, it probably wouldn't last until 50. So um, <laughs> looking at longevity, I'll, I'll probably combine um, health health and fitness Yeah, together. Okay. So personal training, um, maybe open up a healthy um, sort of a restaurant where, um, um, but yeah, certainly, certainly something sport and fitness related, um, would, would definitely prize me in working dentistry. Yeah. I, I still have ambitions of, uh, maybe playing for Man United at one day, but, <laughs> and we'll, we'll see We'll see how it goes. One
0: day, it? one day. Are, are, you, are you happy the, uh, the gyms have reopened?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've, we've, me and my wife, we converted our garage into a gym about three oh years ago. So we were we were very fortunate prior to the lockdown, we had a, a good setup at home anyway. Well oh, um, I does certainly help. Certainly yeah, that really helped during the pandemic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My um my sister went to, to look at a gym yesterday. Um just to sort of she she wants to get back in then She she went there and she said, I don't I don't, I don't wanna I don't wanna go again. I oh, let's just stick with the home the home workouts. <laughs> she just felt very overwhelmed yeah. by it, not being having been there for eight months, you know, in and, and, and going back into that kind of environment, I think it can be quite, um, yeah, quite overwhelming initially. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah,
1: definitely. yeah, especially with so many people there, and, you know, the sanitation, hygiene levels, I'm sure gyms are working exceptionally hard, hard to make sure that that's all in place. And it, it will just take time, like anything, you know, we've got used to being at home and, you know, going back out into pubs and restaurants and gyms and holidays. Again, it's going to be a transitional, phase. some people will jump into it at the deep end, some people will take the time to, to, to back into the swing of thing and there's no right, wrong way. It's just whatever works for that individual is, is the most important thing. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, just easing yourself back in. Like you said, whether you want to go in for it all straight away or whether you just want to take your time. Um, that's absolutely fine. I think what's important is that everybody is aware that uh, everyone's going to be a bit off, I guess, is um, it has been a very strange year. And I think, yeah, we'll, we can all appreciate that people are going to be, uh yeah feeling some sort of different different feelings i guess as things start to open back up um Definitely. but thank you so much for coming on today um i really appreciate it it's been a really good, interesting chat um and i hope well let's yeah i hope your your workflow continues um and, and, and things become become well, less stressful as, as the year goes on
1: brilliant thanks a lot gabby for having me thank you.